Discover FX's Shogun, the official podcast available now. Every legend begins with a story. Listen and explore episode by episode the story of war, passion, and power set in feudal Japan. Join host Emily Yoshida each week with the creators, cast, and crew in this exclusive companion podcast. They dive deep into the twists and turns of the plot, go behind the scenes, and explore the real-life history that informed the limited series based on James Clavell's best-selling novel. Search FX's Shogun wherever you listen to podcasts. Tax season is approaching, bringing potential extra cash your way. Rather than spending it all on an expensive deal filled with yada yada from your current wireless plan, consider switching to Metro by T-Mobile for no contracts, no credit checks, no surprises, and nada yada yada you don't take yada yada in life don't take yada yada from your wireless provider metro by t-mobile has no contracts no credit checks no surprises and nada yada yada stop by one of over six thousand metro stores nationwide this episode is brought to you by alienware during dell tech fest score game-changing innovations with limited time deals on select next-gen alienware gaming tech new dimensions await with advanced gaming systems like the alienware m18 laptop powered by an intel core i9 processor featuring awe-inspiring visuals liquid cooling three-dimensional audio with dolby atmos and impressive overclocking potential your dream setup amazing prices and free shipping await you for a limited time only at alienware Deals. That's alienware.com slash deals. Are you ready to move your career forward? Make your comeback with Purdue Global and get college credit for your work, school, life, or military experiences. With these credits, you may have already completed up to 75% of your undergraduate degree. You've worked hard to get where you are. It's time to get the recognition you deserve and earn a degree you'll be proud of. One that employers will trust and respect. When you take the next step in your life and career, make it count with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback at purdueglobal.edu. Before we dive in, folks, uh, we want to have a quick disclaimer. This conversation has some strong language, none of which has been edited, so do be aware. From UFOs to psychic powers and government conspiracies, history is riddled with unexplained events. You can turn back now or learn the stuff they don't want you to know. A production of iHeartRadio. Hello, welcome back to the show. My name is Matt. My name is Noel. They call me Ben. We are joined, as always, with our super producer, Paul Mission Control Deccant. Most importantly, you are you. You are here. That makes this the stuff they don't want you to know. And we have a an episode that I have been looking forward to, I think we all have, uh, for quite some time. You have heard about Havana Syndrome. In fact, we did an episode on this very concept uh, not too, too long ago, but time has flown during these, our days of pandemic. So we wanted to uh, go on air with a conversation that has been continuing for uh 
a weird amount of time, and you have asked us for it, Conspiracy Realist, and we wanted to deliver. We are not diving into the concept of the Havana Syndrome alone today. We are joined by the one and only, the man, the myth, the legend, Mr. Jack O'Brien, live and direct. <sighs> Hit me. Hi, guys. How are you? Thank you for having me. <laughs> Very excited to be here. This is uh, this is one of my pet subjects. This is one of the things that Miles um, would play the Curb Your Enthusiasm music when I started talking about it because <laughs> he's just like, here we go again. The stare down music? Yeah, I think that's the one. No, first off, uh, as we're recording, it is Mr. Miles of Gray's birthday. So happy new year to you, Miles. Yeah. And, uh, and this, uh, this conversation's a long time in coming because, uh, Jack, you and Matt Noel and I have been in a weird situation with Havana syndrome. We are the guys who keep bringing it up to the point of like exhausting the attention of our friends and our loved ones. And we're, we're probably doing that actually move to them where they say something and we go, actually, it's I've given up by the way. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like, I, I, I've come on here to do my last talking about Havana syndrome. So this is it. I promise. I promise. I, my wife, <laughs> <laughs> she made me promise in uh, couples therapy. So yeah. Oh, okay. All right. Well, we're gonna we're gonna help you keep that promise, man. Uh, but before we get into Havana Syndrome, uh, let's talk a little bit about your background for anyone who somehow isn't aware. Uh, you are the creator of Cracked.com. Uh, you have also uh, been for quite a while now one of the few people more busy than us in the world of podcasting with a little thing called the Daily Zeitgeist. What's what's the Daily Zeitgeist? Yeah, so it's a twice daily podcast. I don't know why we Jeez, did that. Um, but God. it's not even in the name. You should call it the Twice Daily Zeitgeist. <laughs> we so we do an hour long episode that drops in the morning and is more like outlined and uh, thoughts composed, and then we just check in in the afternoon and tell you what's trending. But yeah, it's been uh, Miles Gray and I and a guest uh, along with super producer Anna Hosnier and. Just kind of combing through what is happening in the zeitgeist. And um, yeah, it's fun. It's um, I I think we started it during the Trump administration thinking like, well, this will last as long as the Trump administration lasts. And like, we feel like we're we have so much to say that our heads are going to burst. And then it's actually gotten more fun to do like a lot of parts of life uh, outside of that administration. And uh, it's freed me to talk and think about things like Havana syndrome. Well, before we even get into that, just regarding covering uh, national events and, and the news and the zeitgeist, have you guys been covering the rail strike that's like about to either kick off or be okay? 
Yeah, we were, we actually were covering that on today's episode, and we we kind of got head faked by the mainstream media being like, "It's over. They got a we got a deal, and the unions are happy." And then the unions being like, "We didn't. We haven't agreed to anything just yet." Um, but yeah, we we have been talking about that and kind of the rise in uh, labor in the in the U.S. Uh, and it's been cool. You got to love pre-written press releases like that where they actually don't wait for the real news to drop. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's fine. Yeah, we're good. Yeah. We're we're just going to do it onion style. They'll read the headline. Let's spend the time writing that. Well, the headline is that uh, President Joe Biden <laughs> uh, what is it? Secured a tentative deal. That was the headline. Yes. Like, right. <laughs> right. Okay. And the uh the demands, the request I don't even like calling them demands. The request of the rail workers are super not crazy. They're things like, can I have a little vacation if my mom is sick? And yeah. then can I know, go to it, the doctor? Can, can I, I go, go to, to the, the doctor, doctor without getting like, uh, <laughs> you know, in trouble with work, essentially? We actually just did an episode on the Luddites, the history of the Luddites for Ridiculous History. And back in the early days of textiles, there were these uh, individuals with a job called croppers. And their job was to like kind of smooth out the pieces of fabric. And they were these high demand, very specialized workers who were able to demand all of this like paid vacation and like they had Mondays off just to get drunk and all of this stuff they were able to command because of the fact that they were very good at their jobs and they had this like legacy kind of knowledge around this. And then the industrial revolution comes along and everything scales and it's no longer about quality. It's about quantity. And it's just interesting trajectory and seeing where we are now with all this labor movement stuff. How it's Scaling really kind of is always come good. To a head. Always great oh, yeah. news. I mean, it's good for somebody. <laughs> no, that's right. People yeah, that yeah. need to feed their what, family. What if you could do this one thing that's special to you, but do it like a hundred times? Also, we want to pay you less and you can't take days off. Uh, <laughs> but, that's right. But, but so this is... Um, this is a brief snapshot of some of the things that are discussed on Daily Zeitgeist. They are also fresh baked, uh, which <laughs> I, I hate using the term, but it is true. And what what this means to me is that when the concept of Havana syndrome first hit the national Consciousness. All right, I'll say it. When it first hit the zeitgeist, hey, uh, there was, hey uh, we did <laughs> I shout that anytime someone uses that word. It's uh, very <laughs> annoying to be around. Yeah. So let's start here, Jack. Um, as far as we can tell, the the name is kind of bullshit. Uh, but the the first public reports of what would later be called Havana Syndrome kind of came around 2017 that's when the public started finding out when when did you find out and what did you hear initially well my inside report uh my inside contacts at the cia had actually uh tuned me into this a little early no it yeah i found out the same <laughs> same time as everyone else with the with the news reports and it's um there are these stories that pop up where I'm like, well, this should be the only thing we talk about ever again, because they're saying that 
somebody has weaponry that no science, like known scientists, like or known science can't explain, and they're attacking uh, the U.S. in like these really strange ways, and um, it, it just seemed very fascinating to me. But I also did kind of immediately that there were some flags that kind of initially popped up specifically. Yeah. The scientists being like the, there's nothing we know of that could do the thing that they're talking about. Which doesn't necessarily mean that it's completely false, right? Doesn't necessarily right. mean sure. that because we, we talk about this uh, on the show weapons testing all the time and advanced weaponry, DARPA, ARPA, all those things. And you know how, how the public is only going to know what, what an iPhone, the equivalent of what an iPhone eight is or seven or whatever, you know, does sure. that make sense? But, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, but no, totally. like scientists, you know, whether they're involved with the government or not, science is science. And if they, they can't point to yeah. a thing that's an analog for this, chances are it might be a little far-fetched or a little overblown. You think right. some scientists with knowledge of this area would come out and be like, well, there's a, it could be done if you, you know, did this or, you know, added a little, you know, widget or right. something, then maybe it, I could see that happening. The vague scientist, like some vague scientific reports being like, well, you know, their voices would get high pitched as I read them in the news. Like, well, you know, if you like, kind of, but then there would be the other scientists who were like, not only does nothing like this exist, but theoretically, like sound doesn't do that. And microwave, like if you were going to create a microwave weapon like this, it would be so loud and so huge that you wouldn't be able to so just much like, energy. yeah, it, it requires so much energy. Like all the lights in Havana would dim at the same time. <laughs> like, um, it just, it, it seemed and like the, the symptoms wouldn't even be the same. I don't think. Right. Isn't that right. part of it too? This, the symptoms don't really align with the microwave infiltration. And the symptoms aren't the same from person to person in a lot of the cases. So that was another thing. And <clears throat> You know, at, at Cracked, we did a lot of nonfiction and then just reading the news every day for like since we started the Daily Zeitgeist back in 2017, I believe. Um, that a thing that I've kind of always thought was an underrated mover was the the ability for the unconscious mind to physically affect people, both their health and, you know, it's just a very, very powerful thing. Um, so I think the thing that helped me get my mind around it was just thinking of it, not as anybody is making it up, you know, no, nobody's making it up. These are people to whom this is happening. Um, that, they're not doing this. They're not intentionally creating a lie to get out of work. Uh, it's just, it's not a, it's not weaponry. It was kind of where I landed on it. Yeah. You're, you're thinking, uh, I think we're on the same page there. It's not a conspiracy because there aren't people try I'm sorry, but there aren't people trying to con people, right? They're sure. they're not bad actors. These people are encountering things. And uh Jack, maybe this is where we introduce uh, sort of our word of the day, uh the way that it even the definition of what you're talking about, about the uh oh how the New York Times put it, the, the intersection between yeah. Yeah, between the brain and the mind, it was called. Uh, we don't say hysteria now. There's a different word, the P word. Yeah. Uh, psychogenic. Oh, oh. Pisteria. Okay. <laughs> I was going to say it's a fun spiracy, not a conspiracy, a fun spiracy. Um, 
Yeah, psychogenic is sort of the term that most sides use. I think the, the people, so, so the place that I was reading everything that I could get my eyes on about Havana syndrome and the first article that fully, I was like, okay, this all kind of coheres. Like, and I had read, you know, the New Yorker was reporting on this. I love to read a New Yorker article and then like tell people I read a New Yorker article. And <laughs> so they know, they, like, so quote you high road yeah. them. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Uh, but like even the New Yorker articles weren't really cohering, like in terms of like the, just the kind of total truth of what was being talked about. Um, and this New York times magazine article that was in the health issue was the first thing that kind of made it make sense to me. And they focused on it. Like the person who wrote the article is not somebody who like reports on you know, diplomacy or weapons, they, they focus, they're in the process of writing a book on something called functional disorders, um, which is sort of this newer understanding of psychogenic, like what used to be called mass hysteria or just, you know, hysteria in the cases of like individuals suffering from things that were caused by the mind. But for a long time, starting in the 20th century, People thought it was, I, I think Freud called it, um, I, I forget what his term for it was, but it was, it was always the idea that like some problem in their psyche was then causing this to physically manifest. And the, so conversion this new under, disorder conversion. Yeah. You convert like some, you know, desire to, uh, fight your dad and, uh, you know, have sex with your mom into like this thing, you know, it, like, and so this new understanding is that it's a neurological thing. So it's not a thing that necessarily you can untangle to something that happened to you as a child or, you know, something that you're even psychologically aware of. Um, it's, it can be, it's really like they, they don't have an explanation. It's more about something that is unconscious to you that is causing this to happen to you that you are not aware of, but it's not, it's not you causing it really. It is something in your neurological makeup that is causing it. That's like sort of getting locked into how your synapses like fire and work together and the like pathways in your mind. It almost reminds me of like addiction. It wouldn't like show up on a brain scan though either. Right. It wouldn't show up as some sort of like, you know, anomalous thing in a MRI or a, you know, a CT scan. Well, that's the sticky thing. Yeah. I feel like reading about brain scans on in, in the context of Havana syndrome, I, I went down a road of people sort of debunking brain scans as a very, useful tool and just saying like you can look at brain scans and like see a lot of different things depending on the eye of the beholder and kind of what you want to see because that was like a lot of a lot of the pro this was a an attack um articles were focusing on this these studies done by um done at i think upenn like hospitals that basically said like their brain scans indicate something happened and um, it was just, it seemed a little foggy. Um, but yeah, I mean, I mean, brain scans show things that, uh, can be helpful as diagnostic tools. So I'm not, I'm not completely discounting them. It just seems like it was, uh, a little bit, 
kind of more up in the air than some of the, some of the neurological stuff. It's like pornography. I know it when I see it says uh, a, a scientist who may have may have an axe to grind because scientists are people too. Uh, but I like the point about reading perhaps some uh, electric tea leaves there, right? In yeah. the signals. Well, guys, what we're talking about for me, if I was just an objective listener encountering this for the first time, I would think, okay, well, that kind of makes sense on an individual level. But how do we explain that occurring, you know, so many times with so many individuals in countries across the world? Right. That's a good question, Matt. But we also have to consider then that these are not separate entities. They are people who are in the same field, in the same sphere of communication. And one thing that's important is uh, the ability to put a name or a category upon any series of things. Like uh, we were talking about this. I can't remember whether it was off air or on a previous episode of some sort of show. There, there was this, um, there's this very valid argument that say someone wakes up and they just don't feel great. They have some sort of malaise, right? Some sort of ill-defined malaise. And they are having a moment, a water cooler moment, if you will, uh, with someone else, a colleague, a trusted colleague. That's important. That's key. Uh, who says to them, you know, I'm feeling a little low too, you know? I, and this is pre-COVID when anytime someone got a sniffle, they were like, it's COVID. I'm going to, I'm going to die. Uh, but as weird as it sounds, it is very common for people to, um, you want to be part of something bigger than yourself. You also, if you're a human, you want to classify patterns, right? That's the reason why humans are the most successful of the primates currently. Uh, it's the, it's the idea, you know, like Matt goes to Jack and says, man, I'm sorry. I got a real, real pill of a headache. And Jack says, you know what? I had a headache earlier and, and are these connected? Because that's what people do. We all sort of connect these dots for better information or worse. bias. If we, if we have someone that confirms what we already kind of believe it's like a WebMD syndrome is like, you know, you go from having like a little body ache to definitely I'm dying of uh, cancer. It's like you know, anything. It's it doesn't even have to be an expert. It can just be, like you said, Ben, a trusted colleague. And you're saying, whoa, I feel exactly the same way. We were both in the same space at the same time. It must be, you know, something in our building, you know, at work. We're going to take a quick break, but then we'll be back with more Jack. Hey, this is John Ridley. And this is Matt Carey, documentary editor at Deadline. And welcome to Doc Talk. John, we've got a hard-hitting episode today. A lot of controversy. Well, maybe we should put the word controversy in quotes in the documentary field about the nominees for Best Documentary Feature. We're going to get into that with some amazing panelists. You get a shot, but the individuals behind every one of those images, they're complicated and they are human. This has been Doc Talk. Thank you. Great Thank conversation. You. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was edited so well. 
I think you're so talented. Social media interactions are only positive when you use Zigazoo. Zigazoo is the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. Your kids can upload their content and see what their friends are up to. With Zigazoo, they can create videos, enter to win prizes, and try out the latest dances and trends. There's no commenting, no text messaging, and everything is 100% human moderated. Plus, all community members are real, verified kids just like yours. There are no bots, trolls, or AI. Because Zigazoo is about one thing and one thing only, and that is fun. Try out Zigazoo this spring break and let your kids share your vacation blogs and best edits with their friends safely. Download the Zigazoo app today. That's Z-I-G-A-Z-O-O. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infinity QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. There's plenty to celebrate in March and Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. And we're back with Jack O'Brien talking about the Havana Syndrome. There's a uh, article, a personal history, like a short story uh, written by John Lacare or John Lacare. I forget. I don't know. Lacare is that how we pronounce his name? The like spy you novelist. Know what? We did both. We're covered. Okay. <laughs> and so he was a former spy uh, during World War II. And uh, by the way, this did appear in the New Yorker, uh, which I read. I don't know if I mentioned that, but uh, and it's. So he was a spy novelist and he taught, this was his honest account of what it was like to be a spy during the cold war years. And it is, it's really illuminating. Like he's being sent on these missions by people who it turns out are like kind of creating all the intrigue to kind of build up this story. Like there's a big, like what he, his first mission, he goes to this, like little back alley, like pool hall. And there's a, a briefcase drop and it's all very cloak and dagger. And then he's like, and it turned out like there was nothing in that briefcase. That guy was just doing this because he wanted to live in the movie. And you know, that there was like, everybody was paranoid. Everybody thought everyone else was a spy, but there also was like, no, there there. And so I, that was another thing that I kept popping up in my mind as I was reading about this and you know, there, there was a, um, 
good piece in ProPublica early on in the Havana Syndrome reporting where they just kind of tracked how the news was first told to like a few people had an experience where they heard a high pitch noise and like started feeling dizzy. And then that was reported at like a staff meeting, but it was reported as like, this is secret. Don't tell anyone. And it, I can totally see how it would have created a feeling of not being safe and putting myself in that position and knowing how susceptible I am to suggestion and, you know, body over mind, mind over body stuff. Um, I, I totally, can sympathize with like that, that really helped me get my mind around. Like, this is not something that they are making up. This is something that is happening to them because of a unique combination of us as Westerners, not understanding sort of the mind body relationship and how powerful the mind is in terms of illness. And then also how powerfully weird it is to be in the CIA or be a diplomat and stationed in another you know, in a place and, you know, rumors are, come up about like, well, they're, they're attacking us or, you know, this, this person had this weird experience, like don't tell anybody. It just, it felt like it, it was kind of ripe for the sort of mass hysteria that, that you sometimes see. Yeah. It's, uh, it's also, uh, it's got, it's leveraging the us versus them, right? The in mm-hmm. versus the out mentality. Uh, and then, you know, social pressure can be a real, it is a real thing. And it's not always purposeful, nor is it always malevolent. It's, it's sometimes just fitting in. Ooh, I guess my head does hurt. And, and to me, man, that was one of the main questionable indicators. The cases are all at this point, self-reported. When we did uh, the initial show on it, there were an estimated 200 reported cases around the world, all of similar demographics, all people who are working closely together or live in this rarefied air you describe. And as of now, I checked this going in, that's right, I did a little homework. Uh, the tally is 1,100 people. Again, all self-reported. There was no one, like, this is not the same situation as prostate cancer or something, where a doctor says, this is what you have. These are people coming forward and saying, I think I have this thing, right? And this is, again, uh, one one point that you did so beautifully uh, and that I have immense respect for is you're never dunking on these people. You're very clear in everything you've said on air about this and and to me off air that you like just because it might not be some magical microwave weapon does not mean these people are not experiencing real pain. Where did the weapon theory come from initially? Like it seems like such a such a leap. So it had to have come from well, somewhere. Yeah, I'll let we'll even let Jack talk about it. But there was there was some weird stuff happening in the past, and we kept seeing reports from former uh, spies or former you know agents who were talking about other microwave technologies that the USSR had used in the past. Correct. Yeah, I think I think there's some of that. You guys know more about that than I do, but yeah, I, I know that there was. Uh, some like first it was sound weapons because the people heard a, a strange sound. And when they had the, you know, uh, physical attack symptoms, 
Um, and then once people kind of disproved that that was possible, they, they moved on to microwaves. And I think that's when they started looking through history to see, oh, there was an, att- uh, an example of Russia who I think people immediately liked for this because both sides wanted. Uh, so I, I think my, my overall feeling on like where it comes from is like a, in, in paying attention to the news, like we overall, the mainstream media in the U S has a uh, pro making money bias and an underrated thing that makes money. Uh, and it's not making money for the most people. It's just making money, you know, there. And so if there's so one person who lives in the suburbs of Virginia stands to make a billion dollars, they're going to find a way to, you know, get that story seeded and, and make that billion dollars. And, um, you know, an underrated way that people make money is through the military industrial complex. And so like creating a, creating a, a super weapon that is generations ahead of what we have access to. That's how uh, we funded the 20th century in the United States by uh, being like Russia has way more uh, nuclear, nuclear weapons than we do. Uh, so we need to, we need to keep r- ramping up, revving up. And it, it wasn't true, but it, it was good for business in the military industrial complex. We have a defense gap. Yeah. Oh, exactly. And uh, the USSR also had psychic soldiers, right? And we had to right. we had to dip our toes in there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. 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 Yep. And uh, thank you for your service, goats. Uh, <laughs> that was, uh, you know, that was that was solid. You're real heroes. Uh, yeah. You know, this is this is a hundred percent true. This is one of the largest, most consistently profitable industries in the West in general, but in the United States in specific. And you can, like, that's not a conspiracy theory. That is objective. That is proven. Uh, You could call it a conspiracy, but you can't call it a theory. Uh, We see this, uh, I think, uh, we see this add high-octane fire uh, to to the existing blaze, right? When Folks like Christopher Miller, former Secretary of Defense in the Trump administration, immediately hears about this directed energy thing and says, hey, not only is that like he gets all made for TV commercial with it. Basically, he's saying not only is it an energy weapon, but it's an act of war and we're left behind on this. You know, if we don't in that way, yeah, Yeah. if we don't beam the headaches in, someone's going to beam them at us. You know what I mean? (laughs) Also, also, we need more money. Almost every government statement ends with also we need more money. This is fascinating because the politicians at play who were championing a lot of this stuff and were indeed holding the purse of funding, they were not so worried about the uh, psychogenic aspects, right? They were, they were not so worried about this. And they were likewise not particularly concerned with even theoretically proving the application of what they called uh, a directed energy weapon, which is such a bullshit phrase. Right. Directed energy weapon. There's just three words that sound great together. What? You know, that's completely logical to me. Going to direct this energy beam. It's a Kamehameha style attack. Come on. That's real. Uh huh. 
I think if you see that it acronyms out to do, you understand that this is a Mountain Dew based oh. uh, op. This is all <laughs> part of a, some viral marketing. Oh. Yeah, thanks. we got that, that is my other we got obsession him, is Mountain Dew. It's um, the Caribbean yeah. blast. Also, a lot of people don't know that Camilla Cabello song, Havana, is about the Havana syndrome. Yeah. It's all super, like, subtly masked, but Havana, new na na. Yeah. Yeah, seriously. Like, that's, Go look that's at the coded. lyrics, guys. I mean, mm-hmm. we, we shouldn't have to tell you guys this. Come on. Yeah. Go to genius.com. You know what I mean? Don't take our word for it. See for yourself. But yeah, the una na uh, is them experiencing. The, that's <laughs> like when they're like, Havana, oh, that hurts. Ooh, yeah. nah, 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 no, 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 no. And the whole thing is really a series of acronyms. So uh, so take your time, write the acronyms out, and send them to us. Uh, and do the whole song. You know what I mean? Don't be a coward. So the, uh, the, the thing that I think stays with us is, like most people, we were, we were delving into this story. And I think all of us were very careful not to draw our own conclusions. We're comparing information sources. We're looking at uh, statements, again, by multiple scientists who in the early days, right, in 2017, they didn't all agree. And because it was science reporting, they were misquoted often (laughs) or, you know, there was a little hyperbole with their stuff. But one, uh, one thing that is clear to me is that the story had continued. Um, there was something that happened just in, just in this past August, as we record on August 24th, 2022, uh, the New York times reported the CIA, everybody's favorite company had, uh, started compensating, uh, again, self-reported victims of, Havana syndrome. And what's interesting about that is at the same time, almost uh, just uh, quite recently, this month, as we record September 2022, uh, more and more other members of government are publicly going skeptical because they're saying, all right, hang on. These symptoms are ill-defined, pardon the pun, but the like there there's not a specific thing we can find, which means there's not a specific thing we can test for, right? So we are we not correct to be skeptical? And unfortunately, Uncle Sam uh, kind of made an unpleasant bed generations before. By like the idea rep- of an unpleasant bed. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I mean, but generations before, you know, it's it, it's almost like how anti-vaccination movements arise out of human experimentation, like the horrors of Tuskegee. What's happening is I would posit that there are people who remember well the dangers of uh, what was called Agent Orange or the dangers of long-term lead poisoning. And they're saying, well, it wouldn't be the first time people lied to us. No, I have a question. Does the payout, does that, um, does that create the sense of culpability? Or like if they're paying out, then I think that maybe like caused the perspective of the media to be like, oh, well, they're paying people out, so they must have done something wrong. Like workers comp, right? Right. Mm. Yeah, yeah, but different, right? Like, I mean, no, maybe it is exactly that. But I, I wonder what your perspective is on that, Jack. I do think you know, at the same time that they are. 
paying out. There, there has been, I, I think things in opinions in the media are shaking out in the direction of it being psychogenic, um, which I think, I think the main thing now is that like, so, so in this uh, article about functional disorders, they, they talk about one of the kind of the smoking gun that really convinced me was that the people who had these attacks uh, years ago were still experiencing symptoms. And in a lot of cases, the symptoms were getting worse still. And the, that is actually a telltale sign of a functional disorder and something that is psychogenic because they, they were saying even had somebody walked up and like hit them on the head with something or, you know, what, whatever uh, physical attack you want to talk about, the body heals those in and it gets progressively better and the, they would have been healed within like six months. Whereas with uh, psychogenic and these functional disorders that are sort of locked into the circuitry of the brain, um, that that gets worse until you actually identify it as such and go and like treat it as such. And so my concern is that for the people who are still suffering from this, uh, first of all, I'm like, like of all the money that the U S government is paying out, like fine. But, uh, (laughs) it's a drop in the bucket at the end of the day. Yeah, It's a drop in the bucket, but I mean, and they are going through hell, now, when you say psychogenic, is that the same as PTSD or is that different? Like, I mean, I'm, I'm a little no. unclear. Yeah. Well, I think people, I, I actually haven't looked into PTSD enough to even like kind of comment on it. I'm just saying more that it is something that started in the, it is like locked into the neurology more so than it is a physical um, wound that they, they you're kind of he- healing from. But the like, you can cure these sorts of functional disorders if you address them as such. But the more that this becomes a, you know, they say this and we're saying they're fake, which it seems to be like the direction that a lot of the media coverage takes, the less likely the people are going to be to be willing to admit to that. So just like this truth that's in between, that's like, this is something that is happening to you. No, it was not the Cuban government and it wasn't a Russian secret weapon that caused it, but it is something that's happening to you. Like that would be the best outcome for everybody involved, but it feels like we've now you know, put it into this, like, well, then you were lying type thing. And I under, I understand that being the response because they were used to try to like, you know, fund world war three or whatever would have happened if the, the people who claimed it was an attack uh, got their way. But, um, Hey, but then that started anyway. (laughs) Right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so that, that's, I, I think just, generally the thing that I've taken from this beyond, you know, a better understanding of how foolish shit the U S government is and, uh, is like just a, a greater appreciation for our, everybody's vulnerability to, um, to this sort of psychogenic and functional disorders. And, um, you know, if you've taken NyQuil, like, so, I always assumed NyQuil was bluish green because like that's a relaxing color and DayQuil was, you know, more, a more vigorous orange because that's like a color. And like, that was just like good marketing, but they've actually done studies. And when, when I take a NyQuil, like I, I, 
I actually sleep better physically. My body reacts to that suggest that power of suggestion, that color in a way that is like physical and scientific like that. That is what their studies have found. So it's just like the, the so it's an body, added bit of placebo effect, like to the actual yeah. medicine. I think it's the placebo effect almost. is so much more powerful. So That's the placebo effects. Another That's why blue Gatorade is more refreshing. Yeah. Blue power cold. is yeah. colder. Yeah. All relaxing pills are blue and all like vigorous pills are red or orange or Yellow pink. Or orange. And yeah, 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 for sure. And this beer the, is both. There you go. Whoa, and that's the, why. Make of that? That's why it's it a is morning the magical or beer. elixir. Um, <laughs> Did you say that's why it's a morning beer? <laughs> so that's why it's a morning or an evening yeah. beer. Oh god. <laughs> so no, it's a it's it's a huge point. Yeah. Yeah, and then just the like it's also the. Uh, power of the mind when it comes to medicine is also not something you can monetize. Right. So that's again, like falls into what I was talking about before with like the big bias in American media and the big bias in like how the, the U S just works in general is like, if you can make money off of it, then that is going to be the truth we go with. And like, you can't put the, you know, uh, meditation in a pill necessarily yeah right holistic medicine and meditation and mindfulness are not money makers they might sell books apps. if you're a niche kind of they'll sell you know, the hell out of yeah, that apps right no for sure but that's its own thing but if you're big pharma you have no way of commodifying that there's, there's nothing you can't inject that into a pill because it is something that is uh sub medical it is something that requires discipline and reading and thoughtfulness hold the phone uh, I mean, if you're listening to this on a phone, you might already be holding the phone. What I mean is we're going to pause for a second and then we're going to return to dive further into the conversation about Havana Syndrome with Jack O'Brien. Welcome to the Scene to Scene podcast. I am your host, Valerie Complex. Today, I am chatting with Ji Young Yu. Ji Young stars as co-lead in the six-part limited series, Expats. I think I learn a little bit with every character that I play. I think usually I play a character and it causes enough introspection that I learn something about myself. I honestly can't gush enough about Freaky Tales. I'm so excited to share it with more people. If you like what you hear, be sure to review, like, and subscribe to the Scene to Scene podcast. Zigazoo has made me zigzag. What I mean by that is I swore I would never let my kids on social media, but now I'm setting them loose on Zigazoo. Before I found Zigazoo, I believed all social media was inappropriate for kids, but I feel great about my kids being on Zigazoo. Videos are moderated by actual people before being added to the feed. Zigazoo is a space for kids to post videos they've created and to share them with other kids just like them. And since there are no comments or messaging, you don't have to worry about mean comments on your kids' videos. And you need parental consent before joining Zigazoo. Bottom line, it's a space that prioritizes data safety for kids. Oh, but don't take my word for it. Zigazoo is KidSafe COPPA certified. So weigh everything Zigazoo has to offer. Maybe you'll zigzag too. Zigazoo, a social network for kids. Download the Zigazoo app today. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. 
Join us March 20th live from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. There's plenty to celebrate in March and Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. And we're back. I want to get back. Just Ben, you mentioned 1,100 people, around 1,100 people who have reported this. Correct. So just and were they all water cooler conversations? Like how are all of them communicating with well, each well, other? Wait, they are all they are all self-reported. And it becomes a news story. So they hear about and it. How do they know it? Okay, so yeah, got it. Yeah, it becomes a massive news story. The and they, you know, a, a news story about your profession and about people in your specific environment who are in other countries that you perceive or that your your higher ups perceive to be hostile territory. And um suddenly it because because there is a lot a lot of the functional functional disorders that they talk about come with some sort of like fear based like something that is destabilizing or something like that is not not always but a lot of the time that can be where the sort of injury occurs. I so, just want to list them out. Yeah. So we um, this is this is a great question, Matt. This also gives us an opportunity to talk about how the media did Cuba dirty. Just like the Spanish flu, which we mentioned in a previous episode. Or the Kung Fu, the Kung Flu, you know, the way like, yeah, all of that crap. Yeah. yeah. So it's um, so Havana syndrome is called Havana syndrome uh, popularly in the West because those were where the first again self-reported cases came from, uh, which means that the government of Cuba was judged in the court of public opinion to be guilty based on the name. And what I love about adding a place name to a thing is that it already makes it sound shady. You know what I mean? Like, like pick a, like pick a verb. You could say, you know, you could say mouse click and then you add, uh, you add Florida to the front, gave it the old Florida mouse click. You know what I mean? That sounds weird. I know. Creepy. And this, this happens with anything. You could call it the, you know, like Tulsa elbow and people would be like, eh, gross. No, that sounds like a cool dance. Wear long sleeves. Yeah. It's like a cool elbow. dance from like the from prohibition era. I feel like he was doing the <laughs> yeah. elbow like down at the, the inverted speakeasy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes. So with this, what we see is that this reporting, right, or uh, people saying that they have experienced this. Uh, I love the point about it coming out in hostile countries. There are reports in China, right, 
there are reports in, of course, Cuba, uh, who vehemently denied any sort of association. Uh, there were some reports in Russia uh, pre pre the newest iteration of the war against Ukraine, which I think went a long way toward dismissing the idea of secret Russian technology, to be honest. And uh, Matt, to your point, there are no reports of someone in Poughkeepsie or someone in, you know, a uh, more friendly country. I think there were some reports on Mexico. I, it, in from Australia. Mexico. I'd have yeah, to check. Australia. Australia yeah. as well. Kyrgyzstan, yeah. Uzbekistan, Colombia, Austria. Remember we talked about Austria um, in Vienna specifically where, you know, one of the spy capitals of the world where it was being reported. And it, it totally makes sense, Jack, what you're saying when it's it's not – these countries all you can't think of all of these incidents as this is happening in all of these different countries. It's happening in the same organization, essentially, uh, mostly. Isn't the government referring to these things as anomalous health incidents? So they don't even assign some sort of continuity to these symptoms. Right. I think the Biden administration came out and called them that. And then that that really angered a lot of people. And there's been some back and forth on on whether that's an accurate way to describe it, because, you know, they, that makes it sound or at least shades in the direction of them feeling like someone's saying that what they're experiencing is not gaslighty. Yeah. Yeah. A little bit. And I mean. Like when you look at the history of mass psychogenic like illnesses and like, you know, they are, you know, people getting like throwing up and then like suddenly hundreds of people are like throwing up or, you know, because of like some bug that I think there was like a factory where like a June bug was like supposedly biting people and everybody was throwing up and it's like to them. Like they weren't making themselves throw up. Like they got very sick all of a sudden. Every everyone like when that's happening to you, that feels absolutely real. Um, it's not a testament to how like full of it these people are. It's a testament to how real um, a psychogenic functional disorder feels to a human being. You know, in the grips of it. Yeah. Well said, you know, and there are other examples of the of things like this throughout history, right? Laughing epidemics, for instance, uh, uh, the screaming, uh, screaming kids in Malaysia. That's another episode that I think uh, clearly checks the boxes for a psychogenic phenomenon. Or like uh, Chuck McGill's uh, condition on Better Call Saul, like the whole I'm allergic to, you know, electromagnetic uh, EMS sensitivity yeah, or electromagnetic sensitivity. Gosh, saying EMS sensitivity is like saying ATM machine or VIN number. That's my <laughs> bad, everyone. Our credibility is gone. So this, this, <laughs> claw, we can claw it back from the abyss. I'm leaving this show. I can't, I can't believe you just said that. I'm out. No. <laughs> so what we see here, if a conspiracy exists, uh, if we think in terms of objective plausibility, it is less plausible that there is a secret sci-fi level weapon that has only been used in these instances uh, than it is plausible that there are um, there there is a psychogenic phenomenon at play. And when we when we realize that, when we have this benefit of retrospect, uh, the important thing to know is something that you have said from maybe not day one, Jack, but from like, let's call it figurative day seven about this. 
people aren't trying to get over. They're not trying to fool anyone. They're in pain. They're concerned. They want to feel well. And uh, the conspiracy, I think, that is plausible is that opportunistic political forces saw this as an avenue for funding. No question. Have there been any intimations toward a class action lawsuit type situation with that many folks feeling connected? Not, not, I mean, intimations, uh, I appreciate that word. Not super really, because uh, if you, <laughs> because working for a government is not at that level is not quite the same as like, you know, working for iHeart or something. I, I did see an interesting thing that a CIA task force found where they said that a lot of these cases could be attributed to, it was described as uh, random and completely pedestrian factors, things like um, like being close to faulty wiring or even exposure to like, you know, bug zapper type things like ultrasonic pest repellents that are designed to like, you know, get rid of possums and rodents. Dang, that's how they're getting rid of possums and rodents in other countries. That's that's they don't more play. extreme than what I've got yeah. going on. Um, well, no, I mean it could have <laughs> happened here. It could have happened while they were home. You know, like, right. the, like the actual thing that led to the symptoms may not have had anything to do with their uh, their travels abroad. Totally, and I I do think that that is that that is also one of those explanations you need because people don't. People think it's either something physically happened to you or you're making it up, right? And so we need to say, oh, there must be like a bug zapper that is close, too close to your head when you sleep at night. And therefore, like, that's what's causing this. Um, we, we also don't know, though. I mean, we, we, there are yeah, things we that yeah. cell phones cause that we have yet to fully wrap our heads around, you know? I mean, totally. Yeah. This podcast is brought to you by Orkin. Uh, are you tired of your loved ones not having headaches and Havana syndrome? Orkin. <laughs> okay, are we'll you, see how, Orkin how that one plays out. Are you afraid of accidentally having a child? Put yeah. your phone in your pocket and keep it there, just like you have been. You'll be fine. Pocket phones, yes. Uh, the, the 2022 vasectomy, they're calling it. Killing your boys since 1999. You know. Yeah, these are ad ideas that we're, we're just giving them to you guys. Uh, but I think this is such a, um, this is a compassionate and objective understanding of, of what people mean when they say they are having Havana syndrome. Also, another thing that argues against it being a directed energy weapon of some sort is that there has not been any sort of experiment to replicate the effects somehow. There has not been a successful uh, experiment to do so. Therefore, there's not a comparable metric. And so now, of course... There's no agreement. Yeah. Well, yeah. there's also the recording they got of the sound that they heard in Havana that was determined to be uh, crickets, I believe. Um, yeah. So yeah. that's yeah. like yeah. crickets. People yeah. spread that around a lot, and that is like very embarrassing for the people who were making the claim. And uh, but <laughs> yeah, that that is that's another piece of evidence where I was like, oh wow, this definitely is not. Um, you know, I, I've been in foreign countries where like the birds sound different and I'm like, what is that? 
that is so strange. <laughs> and then, yeah, it just turns out it was the birth that I've never But isn't heard this before. one of these things where it was for a time kind of taken on as like pet kind of talking points for a lot of high level government officials and like politicians. And now they're kind of walking it back a little bit. Yeah. Again, that's, um, Part of it, if we if we are to put on our cynic hats, uh, then we could say part of the cause for that step back is that uh, maybe maybe it's like NFTs. You know, maybe the grift has run its course. Uh, right. Maybe we got the funding already, and so now it's on to the next uh, the next impossible expensive problem. Well, also Obama had opened up Cuba that was very promising and like a bit considered a big accomplishment. And so it tied in with Trump's uh, plan to undo everything that Obama had done to make relations worse with Cuba. So like that, that, that also felt very convenient for the, that administration's uh, priorities at the time. Such a narrow window. My kid and her mom went to Cuba for that little brief moment when it was there, when it was open. And then it was like, nope, just kidding. <laughs> guys, we're cool. Not anymore. Guys, Psych. You're, you guys are thinking about this way too small. Look, this is not some political thing. Okay. 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 Look, all right. we got two major things that happened around this time. First of all, people, especially spies across the world are coming down with this weird, mysterious illness. The other thing, UFOs are real. According to the Navy. Come on. Tell me there's real not some kind of tip-touching going on there. Come on. The tip-touching. <laughs> most, things, most things in the sky in human experience are UFOs in that they are unidentified. Like, uh, you know what? You know what, Matt? Um, the next Dave and Buster's trip is on me. If you nailed it, if you the solved it. the last one it, was on you. <laughs> was it? Yeah, I think so. Ah, jeez. That's cool. All this right, is I have a David Buster's problem. This is my other story that when I start talking about it, everyone's like, "Oh boy, here he goes again." <laughs> because I'm just like, "How are we? How do we talk about anything else?" There's UFOs, but <laughs> at, I, it does. My, I am sad to say it does fit some of the things. Like it, it does seem like at least the military being on board with the spreading of those videos could be. Uh, them preparing to use that as a reason to start really investing in in weapons that can keep up with the space well, whatever this thing is, man. Yeah. yeah. You mentioned if you identify it as a psychogenic syndrome, then perhaps it could be treated. Is this something that would require psychotherapy? Is there a medical route? What, what is the treatment when it is recognized for what it is? Yeah, it was really interesting. They talked about this case of this of this young man who had like uh, slipped disc things and then had some some experience and it started devolving and devolving to the point where he couldn't walk after two years. And he was having these arguments where pe people would say, we think it's conversion disorder. We think it's, they would use the term psychogenic and he fought them and he dug in and he was like, I'm not making this up. You guys don't experience, you don't understand I'm experiencing this. And then this uh, expert who's like the foremost expert on functional disorders, uh, he saw a YouTube video from them. His mom sent it to him and he had the open-mindedness to watch it, went to their clinic and by so it sounds like it's uh 
it's a variety of things, but it's not really like psychotherapy because that was one of the things that he was trying during the two years when it was getting worse. It's a lot of um, cognitive behavioral therapy. It's like trying to move his leg while like under hypnosis or while like meditating and while doing these feedback things. And it was a week of hard work, but he walked out of the clinic because they it it is a neural, they treat it as a neurological disorder, your conscious mind doesn't have access to it. Your, your conscious mind is like a spotlight that has is pointed at, you know, one small portion of this vast universe that is the totality of your mind and who you are as a being. And so there by like doing, just focusing on the neurology and doing exercises and taking it out of the realm of this is something we just need to convince you to stop doing and more in the realm of this is something that is happening to you um, because of neurological things we don't fully understand, but here's how we get to it. Like that helped him. So yeah, that go going with, and they actually reached out to this person who's the foremost expert on functional disorders and he was prevented from uh, like, participating in the study into Havana syndrome because I think of the dug in nature. It's not of, useful <laughs> for yeah. their purposes. Yeah, yeah. Right. What we're seeing then I would argue are some feedback loops, not all of which are cynical, not all of which are profit driven, but we're seeing that people add force to their stories because civilization is sort of a story everybody tells each other. Right. And life is all about relationships. Uh, but now that we have you, uh, now that we have you, Jack, uh, again, one of the busiest guys in podcasting, I suggest we, uh, we quiz you a little bit or get your opinion, get your opinion <laughs> on, on, uh, <laughs> on, on other things considered uh, conspiracy theories. I believe that we have, I, I think we, without conclusively proving the case, we have, we have laid out some really strong arguments for the psychogenic perspective of Havana syndrome. But uh, let's start here. Um, maybe <laughs> we joked about decision tree in you. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> maybe, maybe we play, maybe we play true false. How about that? Uh, and maybe Matt, Noel and I can uh, ask you some true false questions up to you. I feel uh, like I'm about to get podcast jumped. Like you guys are going to like. <laughs> <laughs> so here we go, Jack. And it promised is not, uh, <laughs> this is not gotcha yeah. podcasting. This is not podcast jumping. Uh, we also can confirm that we haven't discussed these things off air. So what we're getting here are organic reactions off the cuff. I hope, uh, first things first, do you believe the, uh, the we're true falsing the official story about the JFK assassination? Uh, false. I don't, I don't think it's full of correct. No, that it was just Oswald. Yeah. Yeah, no, I don't, I don't think it was just Oswald, no. It just doesn't make sense logistically. It doesn't, I'm yeah. honestly a little surprised, Jack. Honestly, just because I, I know. I've, wow, that's, I mean, that's cool. That's actually but, really cool. So the thing I, the <laughs> thing I believe is also like kind of boring. It's the Secret Service agent uh, in the trailing car accidentally um, shooting him, which. I've never like, really heard that one. Holy crap. That's yeah. 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 It's, it's super yeah, plausible. It's interesting. It, so it's th this guy who was used by CBS news, uh, to test the possibility of Oswald getting off that many shots. And this guy 
is a gun expert. He owns his own gun shop. Um, he does the demonstration and is able to like hit the target moving in a car on CBS news. Like this is right after the assassination because right away conspiracy theories pop up that guy like gets it in his head. He's like, but there's something about the whole thing. Like as he's doing this demonstration and he's like, there's something about it that doesn't make sense. And so he just like really digs into the ballistics and he's like that third bullet doesn't act the way that the like full metal jacket that's bullet coming from bullet. Oswald. That's the one that's yeah. All, yeah. Yeah. It doesn't act the like way the old that Chappelle a, joke. Right. Like the, the um, third, the shot that, you know, blew off the side of his head uh, to put it bluntly uh, acted more like a assault rifle bullet that, you know, dissolves upon impact. And he realized that's what the secret service agents behind him were carrying. And he had also like traced it back to where uh, he was like, it, it wasn't coming from where Oswald was. It was actually coming from directly behind him. If you just look at the physics of it. And um, so he, and then he found a picture and there's a secret service agent holding the exact gun that he said it looked like uh, the, based on yeah, the wound man. they would have been firing. And you know, this guy Bonner Manager has this book called More uh, Mortal Error, and their theory is that they I it's not really a theory. The guys were out drinking all night the night before, very hungover. Um, when the first shot is fired, the cars stop because they're like, What what's happening? Uh, and that causes the rear car to slow down. He falls over and lets the shot off. Um oh. and you you would expect that to be a thing that like everybody would have seen that, but that first of all, people, eyewitnesses did Tensions report. Were divided. Yeah. And I, eyewitnesses did report smelling uh gun smoke at street level, which shouldn't have been happening if right. it was Oswald. Dude. And, yes. Yeah. And seeing gun smoke and also like you, it was the middle of the day. So it's not like you would have seen like a tracer or, you know, the flash of the muzzle necessarily. Um, but so that, that, I think there was a cover up because of that. Uh, this guy Bonner Manager has a whole book about it that's really interesting that people should check out. But also, that's a uh, Bill James, the Moneyball guy. Uh, you know, he, he had that book, Popular Crime, or I think that's what he called it. But he went, he read every one of the books on the JFK assassination theory, and he he's like, this is the only one that makes sense, like of of all the, yeah, the stories that people put the, together. Yeah, the a lot of the other stuff demands um, a pretty impressive level of subterfuge and cooperation, which, while not impossible, is increasingly less plausible. I love that you bring up the Secret Service aspect because, as we found on this show, man, honestly, a lot of the real conspiracies are someone messing up in a position of power and then attempting to look like they did not mess up. Right. Right. Yeah. That's like the cover up is let us continue to appear competent. Uh, but sorry, there's also really interesting stuff. I believed that for a long time. And then there's some really interesting stuff about George HW Bush who, uh, didn't really have a connection with the CIA before they made him the head of the CIA. And the only real connection you can find on paper is that 
on the day of JFK's assassination, he's in Dallas, but they like changed the records so that it didn't seem like he was in Dallas. And then there's like a call to CIA headquarters and it's like George Bush, why, uh, George Bush is in Dallas. And, um, he's so, also like Mr. Dallas. I mean, that's yeah, like Texas that's man, true. You know? it, it's, oh, you guys know his street name? Tight. Texas, Texas bound, so, Texas roots. That made me very suspicious of the CIA, but I still think it's probably more likely what you're talking about, which is people messing up and trying to cover it up. I remember that old movie Bush does Dallas. Um, so guys, I've got, I've got one more question for you, Jack. Um, I've got one, if that's okay, uh, really quickly, guys, I, I know yeah, we're running up on let's time. We solved Havana. We solved Havana syndrome. Uh, we solved the JFK assassination. <laughs> so like, let's, Let's get to the next one. Well, this is my this is my Havana syndrome topic that you're mentioning, where I bring it up way too often, Jack. Uh, do you think it is possible that we are living in a simulation? Yes, I think it's possible. Um, How possible, have, Jack? Go on. I have no <laughs> evidence that we're not. <laughs> like I, Jack uh, O'Brien here is I've two gotten, for two. <laughs> And when I've gotten uh, too high in the past, I don't do any of that anymore. But when I gotten too high in the past, I was absolutely convinced that we were living in a simulation. Oh man! Um, <laughs> oh, that is that is so mind synced right there. Exactly the same. Um, so it depends on your definition of a simulation. I mean, yeah. we are in an environment that was created, you know, without our our involvement or knowledge, and everything we do is just to kind of like deteriorate it. So like, is, is life just by its very definition, not a simulation? Like, you know, a yeah, lot of philosophers bro, talk bro. about the, the theory of the cave, the idea that we're just looking at like projections on a wall. You know, I, I just right, don't, you know, cave. The, yeah, I don't know. I, I just think it's a very, I think it's, it's very a, interesting yeah. and it's, it's, but bro, like what's our definition of us, man. Sorry. <laughs> As much as I, uh, <laughs> yeah. the thing that made me the most uh, uninterested in that, because I, I do think like there's really interesting conversations about the simulation stuff, but then uh, now I feel like everybody heard about it through Elon Musk, and I'm like, ah, you ruined it for because <laughs> he because didn't he say that on like somewhere. Uh, no, man, we were talking about holographic universe theory, and what was that been like 2011? Oh yeah, <laughs> there's no yeah, other sure, way probably. to make something uncool than for Elon Musk to tweet. I know about that it. Like, that yeah. bummed me out so much. I was like, oh, I love this theory though. Um, so is I know, yours? I know. Is yeah. yours based on the idea that like mathematically, like you know, things are simulations are going to be getting more and more realistic, and there will be more and more people making more and more simulations and more and more opportunities to create them. So what it's actually more likely that it's a simulation than actual physical like reality. Um, I don't know. I, I, all I know is that that feels correct to me more so than some of the other act, probably actual explanations of what we are right now. Like what all this experience is that we're all sharing. Um, yeah, I don't know. And I'm not high. And I haven't been high in a long time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Reality is a psychogenic illness. Oh, man. Here we go. There you go. Solve this one. We're done. Dunzo. Yeah. You just nailed it. It's like a Soundgarden lyric. <laughs> it surely is, actually. And if they play the guitar in a weird enough time signature, no one's going to question it. Uh, once again, go to Genius.com if you want to learn <laughs> the truth right. behind all of your favorite song lyrics. Uh, I think we have, uh, you know, we're, get, we're getting to the end. I think we have time for just uh, one more 
true-false conspiracy from Jack O'Brien. Matt uh, Matt Frederick did one. Uh, I did one. Uh, Noel, the honor goes to you. Well, I didn't really prepare for this. Holy cow. Uh, Just pick your oh, favorite, man. We've done so my many. My favorite. Um, okay, true-false. Uh, there are species of sentient life that have not yet been discovered. Species of sentient life that have not yet been discovered. So that is, that could be extraterrestrial cryptids, or, you know, whether, whether right. they be Bigfoots uh, or, or aliens. You know, I know, definitely any, have any an anti-cryptid bias. Like I'm, I'm <gasps> not, I, I I'm do not too. I think we would have found them. We would have found, yeah, yeah. we would have found something on um, this planet. So yeah, let's, let's, yeah. let's throw that part out. Let's just right. go with the, uh, you know, however many trillions of other planets there are, you know, that we can't possibly yeah. reach. Is yeah. it a little self-serving to believe that we are the only one, the only forms of life, you know? And I have nothing to back this up with, but I do, from a philosophical and spiritual kind of standpoint, think there has to be. But that's just yeah. me. Okay. Ben, it's time for a We're cryptid rap scale. battle. It's time for a cryptid rap battle. You <laughs> oh, and me versus geez. Jack and Noel oh, right now. Geez. Let's go. Pro-cryptid oh, boy. versus oh. anti-cryptid. Let's do this. <laughs> <laughs> Someone I, on Twitter was asking us if we're going to do AKAs. <laughs> but, all right, we so now we're, now we're at like Fermi Paradox. So, Noel, your original question was, uh, is there other undiscovered sentient or intelligent life somewhere? Or there was stated in the affirmative, true or false. so you can say true. true. False. Yeah, there, I think I yeah. think true. There is. Um, I don't know that they visited us. Um, I do have a theory that involves military industrial complex that like they have visited us, and the and the fact that they're not declaring war on us is the reason it's being kept away from us as a conspiracy because they the military wants us to think. That, well, yeah, sure, every advanced species is going to immediately attack you. That's why we need to like build up all this arsenal. And so, like, that, that was there. There's a really interesting one of the like more credible alien sightings was at a school, and like the military came in and like shut it down. And I, I spent a lot of time thinking about that. I was like, why does, what does the military have tied up in this? Wouldn't they just be like, tell us the truth, like, tell us what, what you know? But instead, they just mechanism. shut it down. Yeah. It's control. But I, w I wonder, like, what they're so afraid of, wh why they're so afraid of that message getting out. And I think it's that it invalidates their whole killer be kill worldview. If there are aliens who are just coming down and like basically engaging in tourism, <laughs> and they're just like they're they're <laughs> right. advanced enough to destroy us, but they're just like, hey, man, we're just like we we think the ocean's cool. So God forbid they're benevolent. And then right. we all of a sudden don't need the government's protection anymore. You right. Know what I mean? like, well, that's yeah, that, that is, I think if there is a conspiracy to cover up aliens, I think that is the thing that they're covering up is that they're benevolent. And like there, there was also a lot of alien sighting activity around nuclear weapons. And I think it was just them that's right. being like, we don't want you guys to shoot your eye out. Don't do like, that. Yeah. You yeah, guys don't deserve just, this. You guys, yeah, yeah, you're not, you're not qualified. <laughs> yeah. 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 The secret is that UFOs or the, so the secret is that extraterrestrial or interdimensional, uh, entities exist, but they're just uncharacteristically chill. They're inconveniently chill. Inconveniently for the military chill, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. No, I accept that. I, I, I could... I, it's it's a uh, reality in which I would aspire to live and exist. Uh, 
Matt, you were you were referencing Prometheus. Earlier. Oh, I just watched Prometheus again, and every time I see that movie, like. I, it's not my favorite in the it's alien flawed, franchise. It has, some cool, it has some cool ideas. It has some cool things. Well, Prometheus was flawed. Like, think about the title. <laughs> yes, but the, that opening sequence where it's an extraterrestrial intelligent species that I believe that's on Earth and not on that planet that they end They're up like on. They're like gods. But, They're basically but they like gods. seed yeah. the plants, like the panspermia thing, right? They seed the planet and then all life <laughs> evolves out of that uh, that one whatever your cup mm-hmm. that uh, I don't know. That always just makes my mind real when I think about evolution and could evolution have been a process that was just kickstarted, right? Instead of just something that naturally occurs. I don't know. My mind just goes everywhere. And I think no, I'm about with that. you, man. I think about that stuff well, too. I, I think this is, I think this is a, a beautiful moment for us to call it a day for now. Uh, Jack, you have gone three for three on true <laughs> false, and uh, also the three the three of us didn't work on this. We didn't <laughs> we yeah, didn't, didn't conspire in secret to find good questions. You did yeah. happen to hit all like three things I love talking about on the show, as any daily zeitgeist listener will tell you. So I don't think any listener is going to believe we weren't stoned for the last uh, half hour of this conversation, <laughs> but I promise we were not. Stoned we're on location, bro. That's right, man. Hey, if you don't listen to the daily zeitgeist, seriously do that. Like, at least check it out. Give it a try. It's It's worth your time. It is, uh, and we're we might be making Jack uncomfortable by saying that in front of you. I don't give a shit. Uh, but <laughs> <laughs> but dude, dude, so so the beer's hitting Matt. Don't care. Time. Uh, so right. So um. So maybe maybe we will have that cryptid rap battle. Or uh, let's make it a cipher uh, and not quite as hostile in the future, right? We don't need yeah, to take all sure. our cues from the military industrial complex. Uh, but in the meantime, Jack, uh, where can people learn more about you, uh, your work, and your other shows? Jack doesn't d- just do Daily Zeitgeist, uh, you also have Mad Boosties. Yes. Yeah. So you can find me on Twitter at Jack underscore O'Brien and no other uh, social medias. Uh, and then, yeah, twice <laughs> a day uh, at the Daily Zeitgeist. And we also have um, the dumbest NBA podcast in America, I think, is what I I, I can't imagine a dumber one. Um, and it's Miles and I just talking about the NBA. Uh, and, and somehow you sold the actual NBA on this. Just put it yeah, the NBA partnered with yeah. us. And yeah, then it yeah, is yeah. so... <laughs> it's the third thing we record that day. And we're just punchy at that point. We're just like, I don't know, man. <laughs> and, but we, we love the NBA. But we uh, I the only thing I root against is like the NBA media and all like the hot take a sphere. Like I, I just love the players and the beauty of the game. So it's really just a, an NBA appreciation podcast. Um, and it is in partnership with the NBA. So that was a pretty cool conversation. I got to ask you guys, you know how, when you spend a lot of time thinking about something, it kind of gives you a craving. Like you might, we might record an episode about food conspiracies. And then at the end we're thinking, oh, I'm hungry. Do you guys feel like we have Havana syndrome? 
How's every? Did anybody? Oh, I thought you were going to say you wanted a Cuban sandwich or something. <laughs> I am uh, always oh, down. I'm always down for a Cuban sandwich. Guys, I've I've been thinking about this specific dish from this Korean restaurant down the street, and I I have to go now. Thank you, Ben. You've convinced me. Get on to it, man. You deserve it. Treat yourself. Yeah, you know. I shall. Uh, wait, what dish is it? Mm, you know what it is. Is it bulgogi? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm you, simple like that, okay? Well, okay? you got to go. You got to go. <laughs> it's, it's amazing. Um, and we're very lucky to uh, we're, we're very lucky to have uh, all these cool restaurants here. But we're also uh, very lucky to have all these cool colleagues. Each show uh, is kind of like its own restaurant. Boy, I am just trying my best with this analogy and segue, but whatever. Point is, yeah, uh, we hope you enjoyed that conversation. Uh, it went into a lot of places uh, that you might not expect. And uh, we continue the conversation a little bit off air. But uh, as Jack said, you can check him out uh, along with uh, his ride or die, Mr. Miles Gray, on the Daily Zeitgeist. In the meantime, we, we need want- to get Miles on here, too. We now. do. I tried. I tried. There's uh, some stuff he could speak on from experience that he's still really on the fence uh, uh, to, about mentioning. But we'll see. We'll see. Uh, in the meantime, we want to hear from you, folks. That's right, specifically you. Uh, have you experienced something similar to Havana syndrome? Do you know anybody who has symptoms similar to that? If so, were there any physical causes found? Um, do you think this is all real? Do you think there is something more to this story? We want to know, and we try to be easy to find online. That's right. You can find us all over the online uh, at Conspiracy Stuff, where we exist on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. Conspiracy Stuff Show on Instagram. Yes, never forget the YouTube channel. It is there. It's waiting for you. You can watch us in a very creepy, creepy way say these things. Not these things, because these usually get edited out of the videos, but you can watch our faces while words come out of them. And uh, if you are, if, if YouTube might be a lot, you know, too fast, too furious for you, and social meds are not your uh, sippage of choice, then why not give us a phone call? We are, say it with me, one eight three three stdwytk Call, you'll hear a voice, you'll hear a ding, like so, bing, or whatever, beep. It's probably more of a beep. And that's your signal. You're off to the races. you got three minutes. Those three minutes are your own. Tell us what's on your mind. Give yourself a cool nickname, moniker, a.k.a., as they like to do on TDZ. Uh, second most important thing, let us know if we can use your name and or message on air. First most important thing, don't edit yourself. One call is usually all you need to reply. If you need more than that, then we have a way for you to cheat time. You won't be bound by three minutes. Tell us the story, the entirety of it. Give us ancillary links. Send us videos. We love all of it. We read every single email we get. All you have to do is drop us an old-fashioned line where we are. Conspiracy at iHeartRadio.com. Stuff They Don't Want You to Know is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. 
Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. That makes us FACET for life now, I guess. (laughs) Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. Welcome to the Scene to Scene podcast. I am your host, Valerie Complex. Today, I am chatting with Ji Young Yu. Ji Young stars as co-lead in the six-part limited series, Expats. I think I learn a little bit with every character that I play. I think usually I play a character and it causes enough introspection that I learn something about myself. I honestly can't gush enough about Freaky Tales. I'm so excited to share it with more people. If you like what you hear, be sure to review, like, and subscribe to the Scene to Scene podcast. This is Tracy V. Wilson from Stuff You Missed in History class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a Corolla built just for you. Check out more national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places.